This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Wrap for Tuesday, May 23rd. I'm John Moore. Here's today's weather forecast. Sunny, a little on the hazy side, a high of 20 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie is running to be the leader of the provincial liberals. Number two, Olivia Chow dominates the Toronto mayor's race. Number three, special rapporteur David Johnston will issue a report on Chinese interference today. Number four, Justin Trudeau continues to be popular. Number five, Barry wants to ban panhandling. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Happy Tuesday. Look at that, May 23rd. Where'd the long weekend go? I hope you had a good time. I know a lot of people were... Opening cottages and, you know, I don't know if it's too early yet to get your uh, your greens all planted. I decided to take a pass on the nursery for the weekend, but uh, next weekend's definitely going to be herbs and flowers and all kinds of other things. But it feels just a bit more summery, doesn't it? Because the sun is that much more bright and the leaves are all popped on the trees. Mind you, for anybody who suffers from allergies, uh, this has been a fairly miserable 10 days or so. I think I've gotten off fairly lucky, but I've had some people for whom it's been almost debilitating. So I think it's not exactly a secret because she started talking about it yesterday, but today is going to be Bonnie Crombie Day. Bonnie Crombie, mayor of Mississauga and would-be premier of Ontario described by Robert Benzie's profile today as um, as an existential threat to the provincial conservatives. And that'll be an interesting race. I mean, certainly it puts the liberals in play when they haven't been in play. And it probably puts the NDP on its back foot because they've been doing pretty well. And the way that things are going to work in this province is you're either voting for the conservatives or not. And if you're not, then you have two choices. So you're going to vote for the party that appears poised to be capable of winning or forming a sizable opposition. And if Bonnie Crombie is leading the liberals, they have a much better chance. At present, I think that the NDP is fairly strong, actually. So, I mean, certainly in numbers, but also I think Marit Stiles is a very impressive leader. But listen, back to Bonnie Crombie. Um, she is making the rounds this morning. She's going to be doing media appearances. She's going to be on our show at uh, 8.20. She appears earlier on CP24, so we may bring you a couple of highlights from that appearance. Because I know she says she's creating an exploratory committee, but she's running. I mean, there is a website, forget the exact URL, Joe Cristiano, maybe you can help me. I think it was bonnieforleader.ca. Bonnieforleader.ca. Okay, so that doesn't sound like she's necessarily taking a sounding. It sounds like she is actually running. And I got a lot of questions for Bonnie Crombie. Um, well, you know, at first, let's tap into Scott Reed for a moment because he is one of our leading political analysts. And this being Tuesday, actually, he's normally a Monday guy. So we're not going to hear from Scott Reed. Uh, on the morning brief today, it's Tim Hudak. 
But Scott Reed had this to say to our friends at CP24 about Bonnie Crombie. Not a lot of surprise, to be honest. Her name, as you've mentioned, has been batting around. And look, you know, for Ontario Liberals, we haven't had a lot of good news for quite a long time. It's Victoria Day weekend, and Bonnie Crombie's uh, blasted off a few fireworks here. Her entry into the race positions her immediately as the frontrunner. Not just a small frontrunner, but an overwhelming frontrunner. I mean, she's been elected at the federal level. She's been elected provincially. She can win in the 905. She's a woman. She has experience. So, you know, she's going to have to meet her own expectations. But she's going to kick off this race as an absolute prohibitive frontrunner. And, yeah, I mean, honestly... I don't, not only front runner for the leadership, because I think she's kind of going to be, you know, such a heavy hitter that probably other people would just get out of the way. But she takes the Liberal Party from lost in the wilderness to contending again, and on a pretty good timeline. Because, you know, this uh, conservative government is in its second mandate, and there are three years to go. So that's a long time for Bonnie Crombie to pull a Justin Trudeau, which is to come into a party that's been leveled, uh, create her own team, raise some money, find some candidates. And then, you know, at the end of another three years, the Conservatives may be a little weary. And so then Bonnie Crombie might be poised to become Premier. Uh, here's what Green Party leader Mike Schreiner had to say about Bonnie entering the race. I think it's great for any party to welcome as many candidates as possible into their leadership races. What I'm focused on right now is pushing back against Doug Ford's agenda. Yeah, okay. I mean, let's face it. I, I love Mike Schreiner, but he's always going to be the spoiler, right? I mean, he's a lone MPP who happens to be a party leader for a party, which at the moment does, doesn't seem to be going anywhere. However, he's... He's a good talker and he's a likable fellow. So, you know, he probably gets a lot more attention that frankly, he probably gets more attention as a party leader than the interim leader of the provincial liberals, John Fraser. So that is the Bonnie Crombie report. And we'll spend a lot of time finding out what people have to say. I'll, I will salt into all of this analysis. She's an extraordinarily attractive candidate. And I'm only speaking from the perspective of, you know, politics as a soap opera. I, I have no idea what Bonnie Crombie stands for or what she will stand for once she likely leads the provincial liberals. I only say that, you know, she's got uh, a catalog of experience. Um, one downside would be a few times when we've had Bonnie Crombie on the show, she's been an overtalker as we might say. I'll never forget the day. We were, I forget what the issue was, but Bonnie Crombie was very clearly reading from a written statement. And I got kind of tired of that. And I interrupted with a question and she said, I have two more points. And I thought, okay, well, um, you know, I'm not your, I actually said out loud, I said, I'm not your stenographer. Um, so, uh, you know, Bonnie Crombie's gonna have to learn to trim it down a little but she's been on the scene for a good long time and she knows what she's doing. Which brings me to the other electoral story today. And actually we've had the whole weekend a crunch on these numbers because I think they came out late Friday, but a lot of people weren't paying attention. But Olivia Chow continues to totally dominate the Toronto mayor's race. And my question to you as listeners right now and as uh, voters on the 26th of June would be, why do you think that is? 
You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. And yes, attentive listeners will notice a slight change in things. I'm not a big fan of, uh, there was a famous book, I forget how many years ago, but it was called Who Moved My Cheese? And I always come back to that expression when there is change in my life because I hate change. Um, So yes, we're moving your cheese this morning. Uh, But the reason is normally we would join CP24 at this juncture in the show. There's probably a whole bunch of people on treadmills across Toronto going, what the hell? Where's John? Wanted to see how bad his hair is today. Um, that is going to happen at 545. We just moved things around a tiny bit. And that's fine, because you know what? means 5 to 530 probably has a lot more in common now with what we used to do from 5 to 530, which was a full-on digest of pretty well everything you needed to know to get your day on. And the other aspect of that, I guess, would be the breakfast wrap, which will be downloadable at six o'clock. The whole idea of the breakfast wrap is also, if you are not going to be in a position to listen to the rest of the show, you're still going to have, you know, the weather, the five things, um, you know, uh, uh, my first bleary eyed take on a whole bunch of stories and all that becomes available as the breakfast wrap at six o'clock. Okay. Back to Olivia Chow. And uh, poll finds 34% of decided and leaning respondents are picking Olivia Chow from a field of candidates that is like 102 people. And I'm not kidding. It's 102 people who are running for mayor. But let's face it, probably six to 10 of those people are legitimate contenders. So um, 34% of decided and leading respondents. And it's important to note here that 20% of the people responded to this poll have not made up their mind. I would list myself in that category as well. I know some people are like, well, why can't you make up your mind? How could you be undecided? Well, because we have a month, one month until election day, actually just a little bit more than that. Cause it's on the 26th of June. And You know, none of the candidates for me anyway, and I talk with them on a regular basis and I've, we've, we've discussed this. Um, I'm not convinced by any one of them yet. So I'm just sort of, I don't know if it's going to be a game day decision, but, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't chosen any of them. And even when I do, I won't share it because I really, it's not up to me to try to put my finger on the scale. And it's, it's, I guess if we have any one task in all of this, it would be to provide you with insight into each of the candidates, their personal character, their experience, and their policies. But it's never, I think, up to a show host or or pretty well anybody in the media. I guess if the Toronto Star editorial board wants to tell you who to vote for, they can knock themselves out. But it's not going to happen on our show. may happen on other shows. You know, Rashmi may have an idea. Um, Jerry may have a favored candidate. And I actually haven't discussed this even off the air. So we've got uh, Olivia Chow with 34%. Sorry, my voice is a little rough this morning. I'm not sure what that's all about. I had three days off. I barely spoke. But here we are. Uh, Olivia Chow with 34%, Josh Matlow, former police chief Mark Saunders, tied 
in second place with 12%. Um, former Liberal MPP Mitzi Hunter, and she is indeed a former Liberal MPP now. She did hand in her walking papers. She's at 10%. Former City Councillor Anna Bailau, 9%, and Councillor Brad Bradford at 7%. As mentioned, 20% of respondents say they don't know. And that is perfectly understandable because, you know, there's still, there is uh, still time. I mean, for example, I was reading about Olivia Chow today and I didn't know that one of her planks was lowering the Gardner Expressway to grade level. And, you know, that's kind of a fairly significant policy initiative. A lot of people think it's all about name recognition mind you, was uh, mentioning before that, uh, I, you know what, I, I cannot say rapporteur without mocking it. It's just such a, a it, certain terminology seemed to erupt from nowhere because I don't ever, and I've been covering politics for decades, I don't ever remember a previous rapporteur, but here we are. Special rapporteur, David Johnston will deliver a decision today on whether or not there's going to be a public inquiry into alleged Chinese interference in Canadian elections and elsewhere. I would imagine he's going to recommend an inquiry because he's been so hamstrung by criticisms of being too cozy with Justin Trudeau that the better option is to order an inquiry. But, you know, I'd also challenge because I was having some dust ups on Twitter over the weekend. And there are just people with an irrational hatred of Justin Trudeau. And I don't have an irrational hatred of anybody. I have my honest criticisms of various political figures, but outside of, you know, committed fascists, I tend to think that, you know, certainly in Canada, most would-be leaders are worthy of that office. So I'll never quite understand why some people just anything. I mean, the, the one thing that was on Twitter this weekend was Justin Trudeau in a sit down with the president of Italy raised some concerns about Italian policies on gays. And all these people were mocking Trudeau and supporting her. And I just thought, you don't have to reflexively support your premier, prime minister, mayor. It's not required. But when you hate them so much that you side with a neo-fascist, then it's irrational. It just, it doesn't really make a great deal of sense. Um, so, you know, when it comes to the um, Chinese scandal, if there is one, um, I would challenge a lot of the people who are very, very consumed with Chinese election interference to actually define what form it took and what effect it had. I just think some people are more invested in any, any possible scandal than they are in, in actually sorting through, you know, rational aspects of it. And while we're talking about Justin Trudeau, I was mentioning in the five things you need to know, uh, continues to be popular. Now, the thing is, most political leaders are more unpopular than popular. But when you take the baseline, uh, two in five Canadians say they approve of the prime minister, which is actually better then things were going for Stephen Harper and Pierre Elliott Trudeau at this juncture in their leadership. And Brian Mulroney was a complete and utter mess by this point and uh, ultimately would quit and the party would be decimated and then come back because they always do. It's like Jason Voorhees. 
Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. You discover the weirdest stuff on Twitter. Corin Hall, our uh, royal correspondent, just moments ago uh, tweeting, the question was, what would your occupation be if you had followed your childhood dreams? And uh, Corin Hall said, I would have been a flamenco dancer. That is not something that I ever thought Corin Hall might engage in. Uh, speaking of friends of the show, um, greetings. I don't know if she's listening at this hour, but uh, a landmark birthday over the weekend. We don't have to get into which one it was, but um, Kathleen Wynn celebrating a birthday and drawing all kinds of uh, well wishes. I think once you get out of politics, you know, I was talking the last half hour about how some people have an unhealthy hatred for political figures. And the things that I used to see on the text board when Kathleen Wynne joined us were, were outrageous. Like you can, not, you can disagree with somebody's policies, but honestly, the vitriol was in, and, and, and the misogyny and homophobia were startling. However, I also think that uh, with time, people like Kathleen Wynne and Tim Hudak and even John Tory in the years after he was active in provincial politics and before he ran for mayor of Toronto, people just get to know these people on radio. And there's something about radio that is very personal and personable. And um, so, you know, I would imagine that some attitudes may have softened and uh, all that just to lead us to uh, happy birthday to Kathleen Wynne. Also, a sad uh, anniversary of uh, the birthday of Christy Blatchford. And uh, a lot of people were pointing that out, and so I was spending a little bit of time on social media this weekend pointing out that there is a bursary set up by the Second Chance Foundation. Um, just Google Christy Blatchford bursary. Um, and we're trying to get it, I think our, t our, our established target in order to be able to fund a young writer every year at OCAD, we had to get to $25,000 and it's been a little slower than we had anticipated. I threw some money at it just to get things going. Um, but we haven't been able to find some major money bags person to really throw a lot of money at it. So I guess we're just going to have to go with Christy Blatchford fans one by one by one with $25 here and $50 there, and hopefully we'll get to our $25,000. So Bonnie Crombie is going to be seeking the liberal leadership. I'm looking forward to our conversation at 820 because there's a lot of questions to be asked. Um, one is, okay, let's get past this exploratory committee you're running. All right, so let's just say we're running. Um, number two, are you going to be resigning as the mayor of Mississauga? And I guess number three, more stylistic than anything else, you know, is this the, the famous Aesop's fable where the dog, dog gives up a steak and then loses the steak instead of getting another one? And I would imagine Bonnie Crombie is going to win as leader. Will she win the next election? Or is she going to get to know the opposition benches a little better than she ever wanted to? She's not new to politics. So, you know, I guess she knows what she is doing. But at the same time, there has to be a reason why people have been leaving provincial politics to become mayors. I mean, when you're the mayor, it's kind of like being the coach and the mascot of a sporting enterprise, right? I mean, you get to run the show, you get to be a celebrity, and you get to be the most important person in the room at any given time. When you're the leader of the Liberal Party, you know, 
First of all, there's going to be some knives drawn. Second of all, you got to take down Myrit Stiles in the NDP before you can take down Doug Ford and the conservatives. But anyway, all these things are una unasked questions at the moment and unanswered until 820 when Bonnie Crombie is going to be in studio. Uh, meanwhile, here's another question I'm going to have for Bonnie Crombie. The province is in the process of unraveling Peel region. So is she leaving at a time where some degree of leadership would be appreciated for the city of Mississauga in battling things out with Brampton and to a lesser extent, Caledon? Um, but there's an interesting profile today by Jason Miller in the Toronto Star about how there is going to be a fight over policing and how to pay for policing. The intelligence would suggest they're gonna keep with Appeal Regional Police Force, but Mississauga wants Brampton to pay more for it. So I thought John Woodward had an interesting report last night. I wanna play you a portion of it right now. Uh, John Woodward is uh, a reporter for CDB Local and mostly um, involved in investigative reporting. In this case, he was simply going over the latest numbers for bike borrowing in Toronto. And for those people who can't stand bicycles, not great news. They're more and more popular. That's a sound Harlan Hutt hears a lot. He's a regular user of Toronto's bike share system and says it beats using a car for short trips. It's just easy and uh, it's not, not too expensive, so. What can you do? And the numbers show more Torontonians agree with him. An annual report to City Hall shows bike share trips have surged from 2 million in 2018 to 4.6 million last year. Memberships are up as new bike lanes give cyclists safer places to ride. One factor behind this growth could be e-bikes like these. The system has over 500 e-bikes right now and by 2025 is expected to expand to over 2,000. The bike share program operated by Toronto's Parking Authority, which has seen its main line of business struggle to recover from the pandemic. Parking volume is up since last year to just under 15 million cars paying for on-street spaces and just under 10 million cars paying for off-street spaces. But that's a long way from pre-pandemic highs of 20 million on-street and around 13 million off-street. More people are looking for alternatives. This University of Toronto professor says that's one sign congestion and long commutes, as well as work from home options, are keeping people from parkades. And much of the city still is uh, uh, picking back up after the pandemic. In Toronto's election, mayoral candidate Mark Saunders wants to remove some bike lanes and suspend expansion of others. Stop putting bike lanes on major arteries that are already paralyzed by congestion. Candidate Brad Bradford, a TPA board member, says bikes and cars can work together. We are growing. We have to have bike infrastructure. But how we do it and where we do it matters. Hutt says when he rides, he's not taking up space in a car lane. Just in general, like it's a lot more congested and the city's grown in population, so bikes make sense. And especially having a bike like this where you can just park it and just leave it and you don't have to worry about locking it or anything like that. I think it's really easy for people. Even as habits seem to be shifting, the TPA is still in the black with a net profit of $31 million last year. So that was John Woodward and uh, Joe Christiani, you can definitely speak to this because when the weather's nice, you grab an e-bike 
most of the time. Every day I now use one to go home. For the ride home. And what is it? 10 cents a minute. 10 cents a minute. Cheaper than the TTC. Way cheaper for me anyway, because I can get home in like 23 minutes. And you get to see people and um, commune with the birds. Yell at cars. Yeah, get stuck in uh, in streetcar tracks. Oh, no, no. The bike tires are thick enough not to have that happen, fortunately, with the Toronto bike share. So that's that's a benefit. But blitzing past the streetcar and then laughing at the people stuck on it, that's my favorite part. There you go. And I'm forgetting which columnist it was. It might have been Sean McAuliffe. As I uh, said, he had his first bike accident uh, in oh, no. many a year. Yeah. It went into the streetcar tracks. I've only ever done that once. And it was with a visually impaired rider. So it was not a good day for either one of us. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. All right, time to get into what's Toronto talking about. News Talk 1010's John Moore joining us this morning at a new time. John, thanks for rearranging your schedule to fit ours today as well. That's good to be here. <laughs> Great, great to have you. And we've got to talk about what Toronto's talking about. Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie forming an exploratory committee for the Liberal leadership bid. Yeah, she's forming an exploratory committee, but I think, you know, we've got to kind of uh, nail it down today when she appears on your show and our show. She's on a media tour and she already has a website where she is running for the leadership of the provincial liberals. It's an interesting development because uh, she was only recently reelected and also the liberals have been in extremis for a good long time. So this could be what they're looking for. Certainly Robert Benzie saying in the Toronto Star today that the conservatives continue, uh, consider her in the leadership position as a, an existential threat. Yeah, she's definitely a, would have an impact, that's for sure, John. In the meantime, let's talk about the Toronto race to become the next mayor. Olivia Chow, again in polling, maintaining that commanding lead we've seen effectively throughout the campaign now. You're right, poll after poll after poll, and it can be name recognition, who knows, but she continues to lead. The latest poll has 34% of decided voters, that's always an important distinction, 20% of voters have not made up their minds. 34% of decided voters are favoring Olivia Chow. Uh, Josh Matlow, the city councillor, and former police chief Mark Saunders are tied in second place with 12% each. Uh, Former Liberal MPP Mitzi Hunter at 10%, and then former city councillor Anna Bailao, who was always considered to be sort of the one to beat at the beginning of this race is at nine percent all right and speaking of police toronto police are searching for a suspect who allegedly threw hot coffee at tim horton's employees what an, an awful incident. It happened last Thursday, apparently. Tim Horton's location, Shepherd Avenue East and Yorkland Boulevard. It happened around 4.45 a.m. A guy arrives on foot, ends up in a bit of a dispute because you're really supposed to be in a motor vehicle. Ultimately, the clerk decided, okay, fine, just give him a coffee and let's have done with it. And then he threw the hot coffee on the server. Uh, the server suffered severe burns to her arm and back. I have to imagine that there is surveillance video here so that we're we're probably going to be able to track this guy down. Yeah, that's just awful. Let's hope this guy's caught quickly. In the meantime, John, a big story coming out of Ottawa, of course, this afternoon. David Johnson, former governor general, now the special rapporteur. Uh, he will decide, of course, on calling the foreign interference, whether, whether to call public inquiry or not. Uh, there's a lot at stake here today. 
There is. And I always smile whenever somebody says special rapporteur because mm. it's impossible for it not to sound like it's from, you know, spy versus spy totally. or something like that. It's double secret um, probation. <laughs> but we will find out later today. I have no insider knowledge of what he's going to say. But my prediction is he'll probably decide there has to be a public inquiry because there's still too many unanswered questions and still too many people insisting that David Johnston wasn't the right guy to launch this investigation because mm. he's too cozy with the prime minister. Yeah. Now, this is something I've heard of happening even along the harbour front here in Toronto. Advocates blasting Barrie City Council for greenlighting a ban on donations to people experiencing homelessness. This has to be my favourite, as we like to call it on our show, debatable today. The City of Barrie approving a slew of policies that would outlaw giving food or money to people in the city who are homeless. So, I mean, effectively, if you were to hand over a sandwich or a buck to somebody who is homeless, you would be the person who would be punished for it. Now, their idea is stop supporting the homeless, hopefully get them into shelters. Uh, and in particular, what they're going after are people who donate, you know, like a Tent or something like that, but it's definitely controversial. Mm, it feels a little heartless, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, listen, News Talk 1010's John Moore, appreciate you doing this. Now you're going to be, uh, what normally it'll be Jen and I, of course, but of course Eden's in for Jen for the next couple of days, but great to talk to you. You can listen to John Moore, of course, on News Talk 1010, find it at 5 to 9. All right, what you can do right now. Um, but that was Nick Dixon and Eden DeBebe over at CP24. And I always appreciate that a lot of people are almost ritualistic in their listening. So you tune in at a certain time and then you listen until a certain time. So any change in the show is going to raise some eyebrows. But we move things around because our friends at CP24 now launch their show at 530. So instead of me doing what Toronto talks about at 515, we're doing it at 545. And that's just fine. It's also a chance. Um, I, I always appreciate the number of people who see uh, CP24, but you know may not actually hear what's going on. But then I hear from all kinds of people saying, you know, your hair is completely out of control today, or what's with the shirt. But there you go, 5:45. You actually get the visual aspect of what is normally just talk. So it's. 5.54 right now, and um, I'm going to press the reset button momentarily with the 6 a.m. news, and then we'll launch into unpacking the day's big stories. I don't know that it gets that much bigger than Bonnie Crombie launching her bid for the liberal leadership, though I'm always mindful of the fact that, big deal, you're going to become the leader. You don't have a seat in the House. You're going to become the leader of the third-ranked party. And you're up against a government that is actually mostly popular, although they've trod into some pretty dicey territory over the last year or so. But still, when the mayor of the third largest municipality in Ontario decides she's going to quit that and run in the hopes of one day becoming premier, that's interesting. That's the Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.